see the demon in you who doesn't wanna come out and play. I can see the demon in you who doesn't wanna come out and play. Everybody say fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Hey, fuck this Everybody shit. say fuck this shit. Hey, fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Hey, fuck this Everybody shit. Everybody say Back to the Fuck This Shit Podcast. I am your host, Dre, back again. As always, we start the podcast off the same way. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. Thank you for all the likes, the shares, all the social media engagement. If you're not already following the social media platforms, you can find us on Facebook at FTS Podcast, on Instagram, Twitter, or Reddit at Fuck This Shit Pod. If you are not already following us on your listening platform, please click that so that you can get the notifications when we drop new shit because it's always new shit. You hear me? And if you would like to, you can get access to over 35, 40 bonus episodes, damn near new uh, extra bonus episode every week. If you just want to click the link in the show notes to subscribe for the $4.99 and as I promised y'all, since we I haven't got my soundboard yet, I haven't got together, but we did get another new subscriber this week. Make some noise, you know what I'm saying? Nori voice. My dog, uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh shout out to to S. Giles. I'm pretty sure I know who you are, but uh I'ma just leave it at that. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to you, appreciate you for the support. Uh, I'll make sure that I keep providing quality content for you and everybody else who pays that additional because in truth, that absolutely keeps this podcast running. Um, So thank you so much, man. Yeah, it's, it's hype, man. It's a good feeling. I love I love picking up new subscribers. Um, real talk, just to let y'all know, I mean, like, obviously, $5 does compound when you get a ton of people subscribing, but it's really less about the money and more so it's like a gesture. It feels like to me that like, I really want to see this thing keep going. And I'm not saying that's like trying to convince you to do it, but that's why I get such a kick out of it because it's like, I feel when somebody subscribes for that 499, it's their way of saying, it's like their way of doing whatever they can do to make sure that the content continues to come. I don't think it's so much about the extra bonus episodes that they get access to so much as it is kind of putting their own you know it's like when you when you go to a restaurant to make sure that they don't go out of business type shit we had this we had this restaurant back in the l this reminds me of this we had this restaurant back home called el fagon el fagon had the fire oxtails to this day because of el fagon i will always say i will die on this hill that the puerto ricans make the best oxtails fucking at me Whatever. I don't give a fuck. The Puerto Ricans make the best oxtails. They make the robos with the yellow rice with the bees. Bruh. That shit used to slap so crazy, y'all. I used to stay in that bitch, bruh. You walk in that motherfucker. They got this little girl. I was going there so much. The little girl who worked the cash register was almost 13 by the time I stopped going there, bruh. She start, bruh. When she started working the cash register... I swear to God, she couldn't have been no more than nine years old. She was 19 years old. If I came in there outside of school hours, she was right there to register, ready. I'm like, okay, y'all starting them young. Did I, 
I respect this. I got this broke ass kid at my house and y'all over here really doing it Godzilla big right now. You know what I'm saying? Y'all making money. Y'all got these slapping oxtails and this little girl. Is she Listen, even if y'all don't pay her, you can't even treat her like she broke because she 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 contributed to the family legacy. Boy, I was like, okay, I see y'all. They used to have the tres leches cake. That shit was fire, nigga. They didn't put the fruit on top. You know what I'm saying? The, the whipped cream on top was so light and airy. The cake was so moist and light with the cream at the bottom of the container. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, y'all. Ophagon was bussing. And I don't know if y'all have noticed how fucking past tense I keep talking about Elphagones, about how it was bussing. And I used to go there. I would have went there until Shawty was 25. The little girl left. I would have still been going to that motherfucker, but it had to close down because niggas wasn't supporting. And then, and then when the shit closed down, niggas all over Facebook talking about, oh my God, I can't believe Alpha Gone's closed. Did y'all see Alpha Gone's closed? Well, I got on that post and started firing niggas up. Where was you? Where was you when niggas was not selling enough per nil? Enough oxtails, the robbles with the yellow rice. Where was you then? Because I'm in that bitch once a week, damn near. I'm doing my part. I'm taking the homies. I got the homies getting put on. They like, boy, them oxtails fucking busting. I'm like, I know. I know, nigga. Nigga, I got oxtail grease stains on my motherfucking car from trying to get that motherfucking box to the crib without it sliding over a little bit. Box inside a bag, still getting grease on the seat because this motherfucker is that juicy and flavorful. And niggas is not supporting the way they supposed to be supporting. I'm not saying this. I'm not, I don't hope y'all don't take this as energy for y'all who not paying the $4.99. It's not at all. It's not at all. But I, all I'm saying is, y'all who do pay the four ninety nine, y'all are like me walking in there buying oxtails and tres leches cake and telling the homies about El Fagon. Y'all are top tier customers. You know what I'm saying? The niggas at El Fagon had no issue taking the money of niggas who was coming once a month, once every three months. And I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I don't want this no smoke, y'all. I don't want y'all to feel bullied. I don't want to bully you. I'm not Debo. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, if you don't think that I love the people who pay $4.99 a little bit more, you got life fucked up. I do. I love them a little bit more than you. And I understand that you might not have it. I'm not tripping. I'm not tripping. But I grew up in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? So, I, no, I don't want no scrub. Scrub is a listener. Can get no content from me. Okay, I'm tripping, y'all. <laughs> I hope y'all are laughing hard enough for that to be worth me leaving in this podcast right now. Because I am I'm clearly on one right now. Um uh, so um my week, you know, I always like to kind of tell y'all about my life or whatever. I had my birthday Sunday. And uh no, some of y'all follow my personal social media, so you already know that my birthday was garbage. It was trash. It was actually the worst birthday I've ever had in my entire life. But, but 
I would also like to say that it did make me realize how blessed that I've been over the course of my life because I have never had a bad birthday. I mean, I can literally never remember a time in my whole life where I had a birthday and my birthday was just a disappointment. The people around me have always done a really great job of celebrating me on my birthday. And I don't ask for that any other day. Um, I really feel like the people who know me well can attest to that. I actually don't really care for the spotlight to be on me in the sense of, Oh, like if I do something for you, I want you to appreciate it and I want you to say thank you and shit, but I don't necessarily even want you to tell people I did it for you. I don't need people to know all the things that I've done for people or all the times where I, you know, help somebody out or whatever, whatever. I don't need that. I really don't. It means something to me that it means something to you. It means something to me that you appreciate it, but I don't need anybody but me and you to know. Except on my birthday. And I don't need you to like on my birthday go shout from the mountaintops. Oh, Dre lends me money or whatever the fuck it may be or whatever. But the that feeling of I appreciate having this person in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like I want that on my birthday. I'm not going to lie. I invest heavily into the people around me. And on my one day a year, I want my get back. Well, two days a year, I'm not going to lie, because I'm hard on Father's Day, too. On my kid, on my oldest, she'll tell you, like, Father's Day is important to me. She was, it was maybe two, three years ago. She had been, she's probably like 11, 12 years old. And she had been giving me, like, the kind of presents that kids give their parents, like, or their dads on Father's Day. Like, dads get these garbage-ass presents on Father's Day. It's been a joke since the Cosby show, you know, that... And probably since before then, that's the first reference I can think of it. But to be clear, the Cosby show was running in like the late 80s, early 90s. I was born in 1990. So for me to say it's been a reference since the Cosby show means it's been a reference since I've been alive. So I know kids give shitty Father's Day presents, but you know what? I parent at too high a level for that. I ain't even going to flex on y'all. I do too much. Fuck that. Most motherfuckers got dads who, who nah, I'm not even going to go into this comparing myself to other dad shit. But what I am going to say is that I am beyond an exceptional father. I go, uh, there are times when I question myself in other areas of life as a father, I don't question myself. I make mistakes, but the attention, the the way that I, dog, I make mistakes, but I'm even willing to, to, to tell my daughter when I fuck up. And I don't know too many of us who had parents who was ever telling us when they made mistakes. Me and my mom are to this day as close as me and anyone else in this world. And I cannot tell you of times when I was a kid when my mom would tell me that she did something wrong. And my mom didn't parent me aggressively. My mom did not. I didn't grow up in a house where I didn't have open communication between me and my mom. But I absolutely had the mom who would do some shit kind of go back and think about it like damn maybe i went too hard she would never tell me she went too hard she would walk back in and be like you want to come with me to the store you know what i'm saying you hungry you're not gonna eat and then she might like do something cool for me a little bit later or whatever but actually speak out loud oh i apologize i overreacted back there nigga stop that's not the way it worked you know what I'm saying? Like that is it's not. It's not the way it worked or whatever. 
is and I'm not what's crazy is I feel like she will be way more likely to be like that with my younger siblings. But again, that's just what happens when you have young parents. But my whole point is um, when Father's Day comes, I want mine and I wasn't willing to accept that. Oh, dads don't get good presents on Father's Day shit. So the last Father's Day I could think of that Brie gave me some bullshit. She gave me this this like chef that was made out of flower pots. I wish I could, you could visually see this, but it's like small, like clay, like standard clay flower pots that you're thinking of, right? Small ones like that, but (sighs) small ones like that, but like strung together and then like painted to like look like a chef. And I guess you're supposed to like sit in your kitchen or something like that. And... Y'all, I'm just like, maybe this is a good gift for somebody, but this is not a good gift for me. So it was a long ass time that it was literally in the, it was in my mom's garage for months. And then she was like, you have to take this. Your baby got you this for Father's Day. She got you this for Father's Day. And my mom is serious because she's thinking like, your kids get you something for Father's Day. Even if you don't like it, you're supposed to keep it and da, 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 da. So I kept it in the trunk for a little, I put it in the trunk one day because she made me take it. I put it in the trunk, drove around with that motherfucker in my trunk for another month. That motherfucker then broke all in the trunk and some old shit. Finally, one day. I don't know if Brie asked me about it or if I just volunteered the information. But um, I was just like, yeah, this ain't going to do it. She's like, what you? I'm like, I, I'm like, when you give me gifts, when I buy you gifts, I sit down and I take thought about who you are and what you like and what you need. And then I buy you gifts accordingly. Now ask yourself, looking at this chef right here, looking at this gift, is this something that you would imagine me buying myself in any way? She's like, no. I'm like, could you see me like buying this and putting this up in my kitchen or anywhere in my house? And she's like, no. And I was like, you bought me this because I like to cook. And you were like, ooh, chef, it reminds me of my dad. And you bought it. And she was like, yeah. I was like, but that's not a good gift. Like, that is a shitty gift. I don't want this. So you like going to keep buying me things every year that I just have to keep somewhere that I don't even like because you bought it for me? Like, that's not a present. Y'all, I'm sorry. Y'all don't have to let me know whether you think I fucked up for being like that or not. But it's not. It's not a fucking present for me to allow you to give me some shit that you didn't put any thought into that I don't want. What happened for me? Like, that's a gift. That is me doing something for you. And I don't give a fuck if she's my kid. That's not what that day is about. It's not her birthday. It's not Christmas. It's not Valentine's Day. It's not Easter. It's not school shopping time. It's not winter clothes shopping time. It's not any of the days that I exclusively dedicate my time to her. It's none of those days. It's Father's Day. It's my one day. It's my only day. It's my second day because I have a birthday and I have Father's Day, but your kids don't give a fuck about your birthday and that's fine. You don't have to give a fuck about my birthday because you can give a fuck about Father's Day. You know what I'm saying? So, My whole point is on my days, I put in so much to the people who supposed to be celebrating me. I want to be celebrated back. So this year on my birthday, I did not feel like I received that. 
from people who claim like they want to be close to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like motherfuckers want. It's 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 complicated. You know what I'm saying? But basically, it's like. You want the proximity to me that would require you to give more of a fuck about me than you do. So I leave up something to you to take care of to see kind of like how that'll play. And I seen how it played. It resulted in a trash ass birthday where nothing got done. And so like now that shows me the place where you really need to be. You know what I'm saying? But like that's that's a separate conversation, a separate topic. The whole point was my birthday motherfucking sucked. But this week, I already got shit already shaking back. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before I talk about my birthday now, I wanted to take a moment to shout out my friends back home, though. Because I do think that that's one of the biggest reasons why this birthday hit me the way it does. Because my friends, specifically Brittany, Jason, Tiffany, we really give a fuck about each other's birthdays. Um, of all the times since I have moved home from Oklahoma that I have went back to visit, I would venture that at least half of them were one of those three people's birthdays. Um, they are two of them, Brittany and Jason are two of my only friends from Oklahoma who have actually traveled to come visit me since I've moved to Houston. Um, the other one, Tiffany, uh, I have not, uh, me and Tiffany have a, a weird friendship. In truth, we are probably, it's hard to like rank how close you are to your friends because you're like close for different reasons. Me and Tiffany, I would almost venture to say that we are the closest, that she is the closest, I am the closest to her. Anytime all three of us are in a room, that's probably the best way to put it. If we're all together, me and Tiffany will always be right next to each other. If we are not together, me and Tiffany will not even speak. We're like the two friends who in person are best friends, but away from like we are like out of sight, out of my out of mind friends. And it's weird, but we're still so close. So it doesn't bother me that she hasn't visited me. And she she went through some really tough shit this last year or so. And the last time I seen her, her and her husband were literally like on some, we're really going to make plans to come visit you. And I fuck her husband tough too. So anyway, the whole point is I have really good friends. They make a grand effort to make sure that I feel appreciated on my birthday. On top of that, and I think I already mentioned this on the last episode, another one of my friends from back home, obviously Keys, the nigga who... Does the theme songs and the fucking in, uh, interludes, all of that shit. He's the only motherfucker who bought me something for my birthday at all. My mama gave me some money and she didn't give it to me. My mama gave me some money that I was supposed to borrow. And, I, and I'm and i like, I'm going to probably pay her back like half. She listened to this. But whatever, fuck it. My, I was, what I was going to do was pay her back like half of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, she let me hold like 300. I was going to give her back like 150 and be like, happy birthday to me, my nigga. It just see how I played. You know what I'm saying? So now she knows the plan. But anyway, I mean, and again, when you get grown, you don't really sweat. Niggas not buying you presents type shit. But it does kind of go to show the difference in support system that I have back home versus what I have built here. 
But I stated that the way I did intentionally because I don't want to make it seem like it's not no real niggas around me here. I just haven't invested in them in the same way that I once invested in my friends back home because I was focused on some other shit. I'm not focused on that shit anymore. So now I'm back looking at the people around me as like who can potentially fill those spots in my life and really take up that space in a productive way where I'm not just like being friends with these people so that I'm not bored, but really have some solid relationships and friendships that I can really fuck with. And uh, so that's really where I'm at now. So I start planning my redo birthday for for this coming up Sunday. And I'm thinking about all the people who I want to invite, all the people I want around. And the vibe is just so much better already. You know, like the numbers of people who, who want to come or who going to come, where, what we going to do, the amount of planning, the excitement around the people who want to come is just so different because it's actually people who appreciate me in a way that maybe even I was unwilling to, or not even not unwilling, but I just wasn't really noticing or paying attention to. Um, one of my friends out here, um, she's been a rider from the my homegirl Megan. She has rode for your boy damn near since we met each other. Like she's always just been so positive around me. I've always appreciated the fuck out of her. <clears throat> when she found out I was having a baby, she bought my baby this playpen, this super dope outfit, like this cute Lakers outfit, all this other stuff. Some shit that really took some thought, you know. Um. I tell her about my birthday this year or whatever, or what I want to do Sunday. And I'm just like, this is kind of the idea of what I want to do, whatever, whatever. This is my idea. She comes back to me like, I think this is the spot you should go. You know, she kind of like, it's just a different vibe of let me, let's actively be involved. You know what I'm saying? My other homegirl, Lacey, that's my nigga. That's my nigga, bro. She my nigga, bro. She she gay. I don't know why I always keep a gay homegirl. She gay as fuck. I love her so much, bro. Like, she is my nigga. Like, that's one of those, like, you know how you have I love you, I love you too, friends? That's Lacey. Where it's like, off the top, it's like, man, like, I always want her to know anytime I'm around, like, how much I appreciate her friendship. And she's like the same way. We like, she, she like how motherfuckers be calling each other brother and sister, but like they be fucking like, but we not going to fuck because she's gay. So she's like really like heavy on the sister vibes, like just love her. Like I just I would I would cut for her so tough and it's the it's vice versa. So I'm excited as fuck about this coming up Sunday. Um, I'm not sweating that bullshit on my birthday at all, y'all not even going to cap. And it just taught me. It really made me think about the value and importance of friends and friendship. Even the love that I got on my birthday from followers of the podcast, people who follow the podcast heavy, fucking uh, Neek, Haley, uh, Keys, obviously, Zenobia, um, Mo, uh, who else? I feel like it was somebody. If I'm forgetting you and you shouted me out to on a podcast on uh on my birthday, man, thank you. I appreciate the fuck out of y'all. That shit, that shit meant a lot. It to take time out of your day to make a post about the podcast or just really like hit me up about it or whatever. It 
like I said, I even into y'all, into the listeners of the podcast, I hope y'all feel it with all this content that I'm pushing out, but I'm pouring into y'all. And um, it's intentional. Uh, I want you to feel that. You know, I want it to feel... I want y'all to feel close to me, if that makes sense. Um, And I'm not famous, obviously. But even in a world where it's millions of people listening to this, I want you to feel a closeness to me. That's my goal in the podcast. It's why I don't edit it. It's why I come off the cuff so so. Often it's why I'm so transparent with my personal issues, with my personal life to a degree, because I want you to feel like you know me. Um, And I want you to I want it to resonate with you in whatever way that it does. Um, If even if I'm just like to me at this point, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time and I'm not someone who you root for that I'm not effectively doing my job because I mean, the podcast is so fucking personal, right? It's not like it's the news and I'm like, Oh, you, you don't have to really care how about Anderson Cooper as a person. Cause that's not what he's there. He's not giving you his personal. Right. So for me, um, yeah, I just wanted y'all to know. I appreciate those of y'all who reached out. I appreciate that shit so fucking much. Um, Should we? Yeah, no, fuck it. We'll we'll wait. I'll take. We'll do the break in a second. So, you know, we got to do a break every time because I got to get that ad in because I got to get my paper. But uh, and a lot. I asked y'all to reach out, and I want to do uh, I want to take time out always. Anytime y'all hit me up with a specific answer to a question that I had or. Anything I always want to kind of like give y'all's feedback, some shine here or whatever. Any matter of fact, just to be clear, any feedback that y'all give me will get its space in the podcast. Once it gets to a point where it's frequent enough and enough for it to take up enough space, it'll have its own segment. For now, I don't feel like it's quite to that point. That's why I'm going to go ahead and knock it out before the break. The first feedback I got for the podcast was from Takis. It's from a. Uh, the last episode uh, that I released, uh, Black Trauma Porn, <laughs> and Keys <Key> said, <laughs> hold on, I got it. Keys said, my bad, y'all, I should have had it queued up so it would have been easier to find, but my nigga said, uh, He said, "This he said this makes this episode making my brain hurt. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I just said to him that I'm dead." He said, "I'm like, huh? Black trauma? Then pull up to Arizona and shit. Then it's if it's for white people, take it. I don't know. I'm confused. I'm gonna have to run this one back." My response to Keys: What can I say, my nigga? They can't all be hits. Like. <laughs> So if you had a similar feeling of keys, I want y'all to know if y'all send me feedback on the episodes, good, bad, or indifferent, I will, I'm going to read it on the podcast. I'm, I'm not above making fun of myself. I'm not above admitting that everything that I do is not golden. So like, I love this kind of interaction. This shit was funny to me. I didn't take no, 
I wasn't sad about it. I was like, oh man, I hope niggas that I was it made me wonder. I was like, damn, I wonder if everybody else is like, what was my nigga on today? <laughs> it's like when uh Haley hit me hits me up one day and she's like, I'm over here thinking that uh you must have just been feeling good as fuck. Cause I'm listening to, like Drake talking fast and a motherfucker today look down and she got the damn speed hyped up on her uh podcast episode. <laughs> that shit was funny too. But um, uh, I got so some more feedback I got off of the last episode. Um, actually came from Zenobia. So basically, when I was talking about how, like, basically being black gives you like this aversion to watching for me anyway the the familiarity and the the feeling that this could be me or like these are my people whatever makes me not want to watch bad shit happen to black people i don't want to watch stories about black people enduring wild trauma i don't want to see black people get murdered on the street you know what i'm saying on camera like that's not really my thing and i was basically asking do women kind of feel that same thing on issues that kind of only impact them that's more of like that you know what I'm saying like it does that does that feeling res uh prevail in different spaces other than just being black um so she hits me up and she says answer to the podcast question I saw my I saw my mom get beat up and shit on by her drug dealer boyfriend for like 10 years and I'll definitely be curious about these shows scenes and videos and I'll be hella disgusted I've never I've literally never had a whole face in my life because of how I saw men treat women back then. I literally can do life all by myself to avoid entertaining a male because some of this shit they demand out of women to fulfill their needs. But I also think that's a trauma response. But yeah, bye. <laughs> um, I feel that as much as I feel like a, a man can, right? Um, I kind of, I think it's, I think it it does it is the same to a degree because <clears throat> I do have a curiosity towards and I hope that this is is parallel it's making sense. I do have a curiosity towards content that is uh centered around some of the things that I'm talking about I I don't want to be around or some of the things that I've experienced, you know, or all all that all that fucking with black people shit even though i don't watch it i just started not watching it a a few years ago i used to watch all of it and it is kind of like this thing where you both disgusted by it but still like you kind of want to see like like i don't know i don't know it's weird uh i hope i'm understanding that part of it uh correctly the interesting part about what she said that I thought was really crazy is how she was saying she never had a hoe phase because of how she's seen men treat women. So it's kind of like what it, it to me or whatever appears to be like, like she said, a trauma response, like a like a uh, like it's like baked in trauma, you know, whereas I could never. Whereas, like, to me, what I see when she says that is, like, she's looking at it like, I can never be so trusting of a man so fast to have a whole face. Like, it probably takes so long to break down those walls and get beyond those boundaries because of everything that she's witnessed, everything that 
she's experienced and shit like that. And I could see that. Um, I could see that from, I can't really see that from the perspective of a man. I don't know because I didn't grow up in a house where I didn't grow up in an environment where the women were treating the men bad, where it was like, my mom wasn't running the streets on every nigga who she was with and out here dogging these niggas out and other shit and beating all on them and shit. She did beat up Devin's dad one time. I was there. She beat that nigga up. But, you know, I, I wasn't I wasn't exposed to some uh I guess fucked up betrayal portrayal of how women are to have that standoffishness towards women. Um, I'm like that towards white people though, for sure. If, if I don't know you and you white and you think, I, I don't care how this sounds. If you think that a strange white person meets me and I'm automatically like, oh, you probably good people. I'm not, I don't think you evil. I don't. I, and please take this and understand. It's a lot of niggas who think all of y'all are evil. Like they think it's actually in your DNA. Go on YouTube and look. It's ridiculous, actually. How many? But but whatever. I don't believe that. However, um, y'all know how y'all can be. And it's just like, I'm going to say this, and y'all might drag me for it. I don't care. Meeting a white person like meeting a dog. I like dogs. But some dogs bite. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you can't just run up on every dog you meet putting your hand in their mouth or you might get bit. So when I meet a new white person, I I treat you like I would treat a dog. I don't know. I like dogs. So I'm not like coming like already running full speed about to kick, kick the dog because I like dogs. But I'm standing. I'm seeing how does he approach me? Is he wagging his tail? Is he panting? Is he growling? What is he doing? You know? No, when I meet a white person, I'm like, is he is he wearing a Confederate flag hat? You know what I'm saying? Does he have on a Blue Lives Matter shirt? These things matter to me. I got to check it out. I got to peep my surroundings or whatever. And y'all might have these things about black people that you do too. And I'm not going to say that I don't understand them. But I, what I also understand is this is like nigga. I just, I just really want white people to understand this. This is really like nigga. There is a reason why, at me, a black man, I can say all this shit out loud and it's not fucked up and why y'all should probably just stay away from it. You know, like, don't don't be like, yeah, because when I beat black people, I got to check about you. Like, are you wearing red or blue? Are you blood or crip? Don't say that. Just shut the fuck up. Just just chill. Just chill. Y'all cool with me? I Listen, for real? If you white and offended that I just compared you to dogs, go fuck yourself because you think dogs are people anyway. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done apologizing. That's exactly what it is. When I meet a white person, it's like meeting a dog. I don't know. I just got to feel you out and make sure the shit is cool. I'm even, I'm even hoping this shit is cool because I like dogs. I like white people. Every one of the first three friends I mentioned is white or the only one of them that's not white is white and Asian. The other two white as white, white, white. Brittany's white. Jason's white, Tiffany half white, best, best fucking people I have ever met. Some of the best people I've ever met. I love y'all. Some of y'all, but some of y'all is fucked up. Some of y'all got rabies. So whatever. 
that's how that's and look apparently that's how Zenobia feels about all men and I I shit from to be real from talking to other women and just being objective and just paying attention to the world around me I'm surprised more women don't look at all men like that men terrorize women all the time it's crazy but whatever we have to take a break because all of you don't pay the four ninety nine, <laughs> and I got to get my pennies, my nigga. So I'm gonna take a break, and we'll be right back. All right, y'all. So I'm not gonna lie. What I want to talk to y'all about, because in truth, it's a popular subject with the fuck this shit crowd. Not gonna lie. How much I hate one of my jobs. Um, I know. I know you would think how many fuck the bosses episodes can a nigga really have. But the bullshit that I constantly deal with at one of my jobs is just so frequent that things happen all the time. And then it makes me think, man, I could come to y'all and talk to y'all about it because to me, this is actually one of the spaces where it's the most relatable to people because even though my job works a little bit different than y'all's does for those of you who aren't servers, um, it is, uh, inherently the same as anything else where my job, my, not my job, my bosses kind of suck. And, uh, you know, <laughs> They don't know how to run the motherfucker and we all work too hard and it's it's all the same everywhere, right? So we have the our concept leader. I think it's his position. He's like the guy over our general manager, basically. He's a dickhead. And uh I hate him. I've always hated him, by the way. Uh some of the backstory between the location that I work at, we had a guy before. We had a, a GM named pa- uh, we had a GM named named Andrew, and we had a concept leader named Patrick. And Patrick is kind of an asshole too, but Patrick is an asshole with standards. Patrick wants things done a certain way, but the thing about Patrick is that's his only goal. So if you just do the things the way Patrick wants them done, he'll fuck with you tough. He'll show you mad respect, and he'll chill the fuck out with all that shit. Me and Patrick have had like little small back and forths. Where I'm looking at him like, I don't know who the fuck you think you're talking to, but that's not how you get something out of me. But at the end of the day, because the way a real work that this is the irritating thing about bosses is that they feel the need to do little shit like they're not already your boss. Like at the end of the day, if I want to keep working here, I'm going to pretty much have to do what it is you want done. So why do you have to then do all this extra passive aggressive shit on top of that to try and make it seem like you forcing me to do this shit because you want to get your dick hard off of that? Like, don't fucking do that. Don't do that. Because you could get, you could get your ass whooped. I could, I could. Side note. For all the men, just this is just for the men and maybe for women who have women who are over them. But I don't know if women feel this in them the way that men do in certain situations. When you have a male boss who is talking to you like my nigga. What if I just start beating your ass right now? 
that you could tell that that's not even crossing their mind right now. Like they really think that it can't happen to them. And you like, it really could happen to you, my nigga. I could really decide I'm not fucking with this shit no more. And I could just beat your ass. They don't, they don't get it. But anyway, the whole point is, you know, me and Patrick, we may have had to have our back and forth about like how he wasn't going to talk to me or whatever. But at the end of the day, what he demanded was a standard. It's easy to meet a standard if you know the standard. Um, We had a kitchen manager named Jose. Same way. Jose used to talk to people crazy. Me and Jose didn't got into it before. Like literally, literal yelling matches with each other. But at the end of the day, what Jose wants is a standard achieved. And when you know the standard someone wants, you can always just meet the standard and you don't have any issues anymore. When we lost Patrick andrew jose we lost jose first then they transferred andrew to another store and then they moved patrick and they replaced patrick with bitch face sean i fucking hate sean he's a bitch ass nigga i hate him 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 i hate him so much that because i don't have my employment listed on any of my social media platforms and i don't say my full name on any of this other shit and I never say the name of any of the places that I work on this motherfucker. And I never take videos in my uniform. I don't do anything to be able to directly link me to that location. Except name people by their first name. I don't think they can even fire me for shit I say to the bitch ass nigga. So I hope that he hears this shit one day. You a bitch. And I fucking hate you. That nigga be trying to talk to you. He's like one of those motherfuckers who will only talk to you right before they about to ask you to do some shit. Like, you'll walk around this motherfucker. Oh, oh, so, personal pet peeve. When someone who gets paid more than me at my job feels like I should introduce myself to them. If you are corporate, if you are management, if you are somewhere above that, to me, we all work for you. But the simple way that you can show that you think that we're people it's to not make us come to you to introduce ourselves to you. I'm not fucking doing that. You will never know who I am. I don't care who you are. I don't, I'm not going to, because I don't give a fuck who you are. I'll never come up to you and be like, oh, it's such a pleasure to meet you. I heard you're the vice president of the company, blah, blah, blah. I don't give a fuck. If you wanted to know who I was and come up to me, introduce yourself and ask me something about me. And then I'll think that you're not a piece of shit. Otherwise, whatever. You could be like all the rest of them. And you can eat dicks. So, anyway. Sean is that type of motherfucker. When he first starts coming over there, like he don't want to talk to nobody. He walking around just looking at shit or whatever. Then he's one of those motherfuckers who makes shit harder. Instead of making shit eat like. Because he don't know what he's doing. That's why I don't like the motherfucker. And see. I wonder why when I talk about my jobs, why these are the most, the things that resonate the most. But I do know why. Because we all know a motherfucker who makes decisions for us at our job who doesn't know what they're fucking talking about. So when they make this, so we watch them constantly make decisions that are going to make our job harder, knowing that if we try and express that what they're, what they're doing is not going to make their goal happen, it's just going to make it harder. They're going to be like, you're lazy. So you're lazy because I don't want to do it because 
because this is my day-to-day operation, which you're making decisions about something I do every single fucking day. And because you didn't consult any of us before you made the choice, you made a choice that's not going to give you the desired effects. It's just going to make my job more difficult and you're still going to be over here changing shit up trying to get the first thing that you wanted. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, fuck them. Fuck them. So anyway, Sean is that type of nigga. He the type of nigga who will come, will be in the middle of a rush at lunch and he'll go tell the lady making the salads that she needs to take everything out the salad cooler and clean the salad cooler because the salad cooler is dirty. Nigga, if if the salad cooler is dirty, that shit could wait for another hour or two until all these people is gone. It's too late now. One day we was at work, y'all. We open. We in a restaurant open. This nigga looks up at the vents on the ceiling in the kitchen and says, somebody needs to get up there and clean those vents. Like the air conditioning vents. Dust falling everywhere, y'all. We over here trying to take food trays out, dust falling all over the trays and shit like that because niggas is over here literally above us scraping the dust out of the fucking vents while we open. What? If you don't get your dumb ass on, if you don't get your dumb ass on, y'all, the whole reason why I'm thinking about my job again and how fucked up it is and how much I hate being there is literally because the other day I went to work and I seen Sean and, and this is I was in my car and I seen one of my managers walking in and she's just like minding her business about to walk into work and by the I know what time my managers come in she was early she was early to work just whatever whatever before she could even get in the door this nigga stops her and starts telling her I can just tell like he's one of those people who gestures when he talks and like I said, he only talks to you when he wants something. He's already telling her something that she needs to do or can do better. My nigga, can you let this girl breathe? Can you go on? Go on. Creepy ass nigga always want to put his hand on your back when he talks to you. Stop fucking touching me, nigga. Don't touch me. Why don't Why don't strangers realize that, yo, like, don't touch me. I couldn't be a woman. That's all I can say. I, I won't sidetrack too much on it. I feel like I could just say that as a man who does not like when strangers touch me. I'm telling you, couldn't be a woman. Couldn't even handle it. Love y'all. So much respect to y'all. Don't touch me. But anyway. Fucking, I don't even know where specifically. Oh, I do know. I do know. This whole thing is about how I was right, y'all. I just want you to know. Everything I just told you about how much I hate Sean and the evolution of the restaurant and shit like that, it was like kind of relevant to the story, but I really just hate that nigga. And I wanted a space to talk about how much I hate that nigga. Really hate that nigga. But anyway. I wanted to talk about how these niggas don't know what they're talking about and how we really be smart as fuck. So we got this new GM and he comes in. And before I start this part, I really do want to say Mike is a good guy. He is. 
He's a good guy. He's he's just kind of a pussy to me. Like I I hate to say this about another. I just I don't like having that energy towards somebody where I'm just and it's crazy. I just want you to feel the difference in how I talk about Sean versus Mike because Sean is a bitch. I don't give a fuck how Sean if Mike was to hear this, I wouldn't want Mike to feel like I thought as a man, he's a pussy. I don't think he's a man. So I shouldn't have said that. I just think that he's one of those people who believes that the way to succeed within a corporation is to do things the way you want them done or the way they want them done. And he is very much a yes man. And those things I will say to his, that those things I will say confidently. I will actually take a second and say, I, in a world where he's never going to hear this, but just because I feel like public disrespect deserves a public apology. The, the pussy was too far. Mike's not a pussy. I shouldn't have said that. Mike is absolutely a yes man who believes that the way to get ahead is to do what these people are telling you to do. Now, also, I will say this. I think Mike is about to get a promotion. So maybe Mike's not wrong that that's the way you get ahead in this company. But as an employee here, I don't really give a fuck about my general manager moving up. I want my job to run better. So if your decisions are are based in what I would consider a selfish motivation, I don't feel like it's a stretch of the imagination or a stretch of the mind to say that it's selfish for you to say, okay, yeah, maybe there's this thing that we could do that would make things easier or better for y'all. However, I don't know that that's going to get me my raise. That's selfish and it inconveniences me and we can leave it at that. But when he, but the the one beef I do have with the man is when he first got there, he, why do jobs do this? Why do they do this unnecessary pretend we give a fuck what you think about this place so that we cannot do it? Like, just don't ask me, just, just do what you're going to do. It's, like, so often do you go to a job and they ask you, like, what kind of sandwich do you want? And you like peanut butter and jelly? And they like, we only got spam. The fuck? Why did you ask? So the same shit, he sits me down and he's like, you know, I know you've been here for a long time. You know, you're you're a really strong server. The, the staff, respect, I can see the staff respects you, all this other stuff, whatever. Are there any things around here, you know, me coming into this store that you feel like, I need to know or things that I could do or whatever, 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 any issues that are going on. And he had already been there for a little while and we had this like limbo and not like uh, Andrew being on his way out and all this other shit or whatever, whatever. But so I'm like, you know, one thing I'll say is that whenever. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm getting ahead of myself. He didn't sit me down at first. He uh, he sat me down when he first worked there, but we didn't really talk about shit. It was real surface level. The fact that we had that sit down made me feel comfortable coming to him again. So a few months later, um, they keep having me train people, but then they'll be on like a certain day of their training where they should know, let's say, let's say there's six days of training and you're supposed to learn 
basic stuff on the computer on day two, I would get them on day five and they would have never even seen the computer. So I'm like, yo, you're scheduling me all these training shifts and you're having me train all these people, but your training program is fundamentally flawed if they are getting this far to me and they don't know anything. Like your way, and it it costs companies money to train people. And I know that it costs companies money to train people because I can count. It's a whole nother person who you have to pay to be there all day who's not doing shit. In a world where you only pay the servers 213 and you're paying them whatever minimum wage is of so 725, which is still nothing, but it's three times what you're paying the servers. Three and a half times damn near what you're paying the servers. So it's like having three extra servers on the floor that you don't need that aren't helping you do anything. So it costs money when you have people constantly coming in and out of their training, but they come out of training. They don't know shit. Then they're, they're not useful in a world where we're all supposed to work as a team. They're not useful members of the team because they don't know how to do shit. We're all just carrying them and you keep funneling through so many of them that we now have a team full of niggas who barely know what the fuck they're doing. So I'm like, yo, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a holler at Mike. And I was, I was thinking about this shit for months, y'all, maybe like two months. And I, it's like, do you have, do any of y'all have a crackhead auntie? Not a crackhead uncle, a crackhead auntie. I had a crackhead auntie. She's not really my auntie, but whatever. She made the firest breakfast. Like her uh, her sons and daughters, like we all grew up together or whatever. And like they'll be salty if they hear me calling their mama my crackhead auntie. But like, y'all, I didn't say her name. Y'all hear me saying all these other names. I didn't say her name because I love y'all and I love her. But that's what she been to us since we was like, she been, she been fucked off towards y'all since y'all was like seven. And she was my auntie, so she was my crackhead auntie since I was like eight. And I'm just, we just gonna keep it a Billy for purposes of, uh, you know, the conversation. Anyway, so, um, but she make the best breakfast, and she'll be on some shit where like you'll see her, and she'll be like, oh, I'm gonna come get y'all in the morning, and we gonna eat breakfast, and da 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 da, and the breakfast is so good, you'll be like, man, bet, and you'll get your, and you'll be like, I'm ready. And the first time you're like. Oh, damn, she didn't show up the next morning. We didn't get breakfast. And then, you know, the next time you kind of like, maybe that was a fluke, but then you don't get breakfast again. And then like, you know, by like the third or fourth time, you were like really trying to convince yourself not to get your hopes up for the breakfast. But you want the breakfast so bad that you're like, maybe she'll come. That was me about talking to my GM about this training shit. I knew that me talking to my higher up about something that could positively impact the place that we all work was not going to result in anything happening. I knew that. I knew it. I knew it was just going to be a waste of my time and energy. But I just I I finally I hide myself up and I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to ask Mike if he has time. I'm going to sit down and chop it up with him. I'm thinking of the the numbers of it, whatever. And just. We have. 
I'll tell you the I'll tell you the the the, the idea first. So basically. And I took this idea from another place that I had worked because this is how they train their servers. And it was the most effective training that I've ever been through. And basically, I'm just like, yo, Mike, what you should do is instead of having them do all the computer work by themselves, you should because there's like all this this computer stuff that we're supposed to do to, you know, that teaches us stuff about the restaurants and serving and just just little things that the job wants you to know. I feel like most places have some kind of training like this. Um, like instead of having them go through it by themselves, I'll come in early every day, early enough to sit down with them and go through that whole little thing. Instead of different managers picking who they train with, because the managers don't know what servers are strong and the managers have too many other things on their on their plate to even watch them get trained. Because that was one of the issues is that they was pairing trainees with servers who weren't good at the job. So it's like, well, duh, they don't know what they're doing. You had somebody teach them who don't know how to do this. But anyway, um, like, let me pair them with the trainee, with the trainers at the beginning of the shifts every day. And then at the end of the shift, I'll also talk them out with everything. We'll sit down go over any questions they have about everything. And I'll make sure that every trainee that you have that comes through here is actually ready to do the job. Make sure that they know everything, give them the space and opportunity to know what's going on. And then you will have one person who has walked with them from the top to bottom, who can really give you an assessment as to where they stand. Because as of right now, the way it works is you telling everybody to fill out this paper and be like, how good did they do it? And we're supposed to go back on what somebody else wrote build on top of that and then generate a report at the end that says whether or not they pass or fail. But that's just not effective. You're not going to get, everyone's not going to do right by that. And, and also what it creates is a barrier between putting people forward who shouldn't go because the job that I took that from, if the, the girl who was the, the trainer there, her name was Hannah. If Hannah said you couldn't do that job, they would not let you be a server there. They would ask you if you wanted to change positions. They'd be like, do you want to be a bus or a host? They would never let you serve if Hannah said you couldn't serve. And that is kind of the stability that I was trying to bring to where I'm at now. Where if I pair you intentionally with these people on these days, you know what I'm saying? And I'm watching you go through all this other shit or whatever. Then you're going to come out way better. Now, listen, y'all. I was saying... He didn't even, I can already tell from him because he's such a, I'm not going to take a risk and do something ass nigga. He didn't even contemplate the fact that what he was going to pay me, what I was asking him to pay me was literally what he was already paying me to train. I already get paid that amount. I wasn't even asking him for a raise. I was just asking him to clock in as a trainer every day that he had trainees and, and because I was the trainer, I literally told him, I was like, you could, all these other servers don't even know that we're all supposed to get paid 11 an hour to train. So since they wouldn't be the trainer, I would be the trainer. The server would just be shadowing them or running their section for them. You could just pay them the same and just give them a little kids meal or something. Just feed them, just give them some food that costs you a dollar. And then instead of paying, so let me, before you even think about the money that I would have saved them by not having 
three or four because if there's three trainees then you need three trainers and if they know right then you should in theory have three people getting paid eleven dollars an hour for this entire time i'm cutting that down to one so you're already saving a shitload of money giving you this shitload of continuity with your training program and i also have like the most experience of anybody doing this i'm not I know there's no one here to vouch for me. That's the one thing that kind of sucks about doing a podcast by yourself or talking about something where there's not like references or whatever. Y'all just have to believe me. I'm the shit at my job. I go crazy. Every day. Every day. I go crazy at my job. Every day motherfuckers watch me do my job who also do my job and watch me do shit they could never do. Watch me handle situations they can never handle without being stressed out, without tripping, without making mistakes. Tables telling me how amazing this service was. I'm great at my job. I've been doing it for fucking shit. 13 years now, 14 years. I should be great at it. All I'm saying is my nigga fucked up because that conversation, he's like, oh, well, you know, the policy is to do it this way, basically. He's like, well, the way they want it done is like this, blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> Don't even worry about it, my nigga. Walk into where I work now. Bro, we got like three people who know what they doing. We got motherfuckers don't know how to ring in basic shit. We got, it's ridiculous how pathetic the staff is where I work now. It's so bad. The guests say stuff about it all the time. It's crazy. It is crazy. And I just like to be right. I like to be right. And I love the fact that in this situation, I was right. And the fact that the niggas at my job is stupid as fuck. And they should have listened to me. Like. That's I told y'all in the last episode, the comments will be open every episode for you to leave comments on Spotify or Anchor. I've been please tap in and do that. And they're open for you to leave anything you want. That's why I'll never leave a question. But one question I do want to ask, you know what I'm saying? I hope some of y'all tap in with is like, what? Tell, tell me about where, what, what job you do in a simple way that you know could like make it way better. But you know niggas is not hearing you. Or if you happen to have an example where you really went to somebody like, hey, we can make this easier for everybody. And they told you to go fuck yourself. Hit me up. I want to hear about that shit. Um, I'm, I'm just curious how many motherfuckers have the same experience as me when it comes to that. And y'all know, if, if, I don't know, I have two jobs. I just, I keep my other job because it's open all day and my, and the good job is only open at night. So I need that lunch money still. It's a shit show in there, but I'm really good at my job. And one thing about being a great server and all my servers here just will understand. It doesn't really matter what the restaurants you work at is like, as long as it's busy. And the restaurant I work at is one of the busiest restaurants in the city I live in. Um, So this busy, I'm gonna make my bread. It don't matter that y'all don't know how to run this motherfucker. I'm gonna get paid. So, you know, I don't really give a fuck. But yeah. That was the whole, the whole vibe with that shit. Um, I don't know that I really have. Oh, you know what? These are random things that happened at my other job. But 
just to give y'all some some stories real quick, just to give y'all some little things that happened. Why the other day um, at my good job, the one where I work with all these fucking white people. And before I go to work, you know, I do my due diligence before I go to work. When I go to work to my good job, I put my uniform is in the trunk. I ride to work with the sunroof open and on my way to work, I get ready for work. You know what I'm saying? And I make sure that all of the, all of the essence that's building within my car gets released through the windows. If you understand where I'm going, you know what I'm saying? I have on different clothes or a different shirt. I'm on the same pants or whatever, because I don't want the lingering effects of that to come with me into my good job. I put some eye drops in my eyes in the parking lot. And we're not supposed to wear cologne because they want you to smell the food and they don't want you to smell your server smelling like French whores, which I understand. Uh, but anyone who indulges in the way I do and has got to the age that I am at 32, you start to learn some of the things that you didn't know when you was young. Before, you might have sprayed your clothes all down and you put your hands all in people's face, but they can smell what you've been doing on your hands. So I know better. I keep scented lotion in my car. So I hit myself with the Bath and Body Works lotion before I go in. You know what I'm saying? Then I hop in the back, put my uni on, go inside. I'm standing at the host stand. I'm talking to my homegirl, Sierra. Sierra is one of the only other blacks up there. So we, 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 we connect real heavy, you know? Um, and my man Chaz walks up to me and he's like, somebody smells good up here. What is that smell? And before I can even say anything, he's like, I think that's you. This nigga picks my hand up and like sniffs my hand, like right next to his hand, like almost uh, like, like right next to his nose, like almost like he was about to like kiss my hand or something. Y'all, this was like, this is the thing about working with white people, bro. It'd be moments where you have to like, really, really y'all, we be having to give y'all that. That's a, that's a break. That's a break right there. That's weird as fuck, my nigga. Like, so a piece of me is wanting to like literally charge this nigga up in front of everybody like why the fuck did you just because like i said earlier don't touch me so definitely don't sniff me what the fuck you smelling me now nigga get the bro so i'm like joking flaming this nigga up like damn bro you just smell my head like what that's weird like I'm still like on some like don't ever do that again shit, but trying to make it kind of light, but just I hate doing that. I hate any time as a black man, as a man, as a person that I have to minimize my true reaction to a situation because I do not want to be perceived a certain way. Because what I wanted to do was break that nigga's hand off his wrist. But I'm like, bro. I be in this motherfucker making like $400 in like five hours. I just, am I, a, am I uncle Tom? Am I a coon y'all? Because, because I let Chad sniff my hand and I just playfully told that nigga, don't ever in your life do that shit again. Instead of like really charging them up because I made so much money and I don't want those white people to kick me out. <laughs> I don't want, and the other job is full of niggas. It's so much more fun. The job that I hate, everyone there is blickety. 
we blinkety black. But his rant so bad and the money is just average and the money in this other place is so good. And they they treat us so decent. <laughs> no one bothers me. They just leave me alone. But I will say this also about the other place. One of my managers told me because my manager's just black. And I didn't know before I worked there, two of my managers are black. I didn't know before, and they're black women. So, you know, well, I'm not going to say, you know, because there's some black women who ain't shit, but neither one of them is not shit. Did you know they're not letting shit slide? They going they cutting for the niggas in there. They like, y'all not going to be in here on no racist shit, bro. Why? Oh my God. I would just tell you this. This, I was talking to one of them and she's talking about a conversation she's having with the general manager and she's like trying to explain to him some of the things that are going on and a literal phrase that comes out of her mouth is your staff is calling me monkey <laughs> monkey the, the Hispanics in the back was calling the black people monkeys to their face because apparently they had this and you see I'm careful about whose names I say because of like the relevance they have Sierra is the only name Sierra and Chaz like because they're the servers but like the managers I don't want to bring them in this because I feel like they wouldn't want to be brought in it but anyway they had this nigga named Terrence that worked there before I worked there he didn't work with me but apparently he was a super cool Uncle Tom ass nigga who basically Got these white folks thinking it's cool to call niggas monkey. Like, haha, it's funny. We do kind of look like monkeys. Like, nigga, no, the fuck is not. That is not like Chaz sniffing my hand. I'm not even gonna cap. Chaz sniffing my hand was weird and a and a cross of a personal boundary. Absolutely. 110%. Absolutely 110%. However, he wasn't calling me monkey, bro. It's no fucking way, bro. Y'all motherfuckers calling me. I will. Bruh, listen. This is the type of shit that I that I hear that just makes me think like y'all want. Anyway, let me just. I couldn't have. I couldn't have worked there then. I'm glad I worked there now because apparently shit was. I live in new, in new job. Yeah, I almost said the name in new new place, but not in. Because apparently it was worse. But it makes sense. And that's why I say I treat new white people like dogs because I like white people. But apparently before they got two black managers in there, all the white people was letting the fucking Mexicans call all the black people monkey. So it's like, do you really fuck with us, bro? So, you know, you just got to watch your people. You it's really places where I really work at a place in 2022 where six months ago, the staff was openly calling the black people monkeys. And the general manager who is still there, who I think is a good guy. He is, he's not a piece of shit. He makes me feel valued as a, as a employee. He has taken care of me in instances when other general managers absolutely would not have. He has never done anything to me that I would view as disrespect. If they, I was shocked when they told me that all of this was happening with him as manager to begin with. But then I had to think about it. He's a white man. And, and all white men are not willing to confront things like that because they feel like it may 
put them out of the position of power that they in. Or maybe it's like causing an issue where it's no issue. Or maybe they want to stay out of it. Like there's different reasons why white people do the shit they do. I don't think it's all done out of hate or animosity. Some of it may be out of apathy. Some of it, maybe he thought that it was light. Like, oh, well, if they don't care. But like he, he was the boss. There's no way in hell you should be letting anyone call the black people monkeys. If you're a white man and you run a place and the, they're calling the black people monkeys, then you should be like, don't do that anymore. Just on a general, just don't, just, just tell them though, if you could. Um. Anyway, I, uh, I'm going to do the Temptation Island recap because I, I said I was going to do it for the whole season. So I'm going to do it. Uh, two things before I do that. We're going to take a break before I do that. Before I do that, two things. Number one, this season is not as good as the last seasons. I, other people who have, if you listen to this and you have watched the other seasons, I know a few people who listen to this do. Hit me up and let me know what you think because I don't think that this season is as good as the last two seasons at all. It's It's cool. It's decent, but it's not as good as the last two seasons. Uh, it's going to have to, some shit is going to have to happen. It's, uh, it's it's one thing that I think that might happen. And if that happens, then it's going to be a, a cool little plot twist, I guess. And it might make for a really good reunion episode. But the season as a whole so far, three episodes in, it's definitely not as good as the last season. Um, but anyway. The other thing was, before I do that, I want to give y'all kind of like the little end of show news that I normally do. Because I know all y'all don't listen to the Temptation Island recap, and that's fine. I respect that. Uh, One of my favorite podcasts does a Walking Dead recap. I don't listen to the walk. I don't watch the Walking Dead, so I don't listen to their recaps. I never listen to them, and I love that podcast. So I don't don't take any, I'm not hurt by it, for for goddamn sure. Uh... Uh, but what I was saying uh, about the new news. Oh, news. So this week, it's going to be real crazy with the episodes. It's going to be lots of shit dropping. Niggas is going to be like, what the fuck? Uh, if you are a subscriber to bonus episodes, you're going to get a bonus episode. Or before I say that, I'm going to drop a bonus episode for free for everyone. A free bonus episode. I'll probably drop it on Wednesday. That episode will be me and Neek uh, doing the pilot slash trailer slash get Neek used to podcasting episode of a new podcast that'll be premiering with me and her on May 2nd, Monday, May 2nd called Talking Sex with My Ex. It's going to be a podcast about sex, relationships, dating, all of that um, between me and her, it's going to cover all kinds of shit. It's going to be crazy interesting. It's going to be a nice little vibe. Uh, it was our first, it was her first time ever doing anything with a podcast. We did the little, it's like a 20 minute little kind of teaser trailer or whatever for the new podcast. And then uh, we did a bon- some bonus content that'll drop just for the subscribers of FTS where me and her kind of back and forth about uh, 
the Will and Jada thing. Kind of talked about the Will Smith thing, but really talked about Will and Jada's relationship as a whole. Uh, just to really, for real, just to give her some some practice getting comfortable doing the podcasting. But I think that she's already doing a great job, to be honest. Uh, it's, for me, refreshing to do with somebody else. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be like, I'm excited to take this little journey. It's going to be like, just like when I started, uh, FTS, there's times I could tell now where we're going to have to learn to not talk over each other and little things like that. But that, that comes with, uh, you know, doing it longer and, and, uh, just getting more comfortable with each other in the form of you know for me i've been doing this podcast for two years now two and a half years now and probably two years uh but um i've never done it with anyone else i had a few guests on throughout the whole thing but by and large it's just me talking so i gotta kind of get used to giving somebody else their space to like really get their shit off but i Y'all know I don't listen back to this shit, but I, I I pay attention while I'm recording shit. That's why I don't listen back to it. Uh, it's they're they're dope. You're gonna like them. Y'all will like the teaser. You'll like the uh, the Will and Jada shit. It'll give you kind of an idea of the vibe that me and her have together. And then uh, it, you know, hopefully it gets y'all excited for the new podcast that drops. Like I said, uh, Monday May second. It's called Talking Sex with My Ex. We'll talk about uh. First episode is going to be me and her really talking about kind of our relationship with each other from beginning to end. Uh, you know, we'll talk about as the podcast matures, we'll talk about our relationships with other people, what it's like for us to as parents, what it's like for us as parents who date, what it's like to date in this time now all together, what it's like, you know, uh, you know, how communication impacts relationships as far as sex is concerned as far as all kinds of things different uh it, it's it's gonna be a real i don't want to say elevated conversation about sex, but it's not just gonna be us being like you know would you let a motherfucker spit in your mouth but we definitely gonna be like would you let a motherfucker spit in your mouth like at some point because we're gonna talk about everything that's being talked about but you know it's gonna be from a real a real dope perspective. I think y'all are going to, I think y'all going to love it. I'm excited about that shit. Uh, that's going to increase my podcast workload to crazy, bro. Y'all, I'm, I'm invested in this shit, man. Fucking nigga. I'm going to have to put this on my, on buy a nigga certified podcaster, nigga. This is what I do with my free time. But, uh, but yeah, I wanted y'all to know about that shit straight up. Before I get into the little recap, because I want to make sure that I got that shit in there in case y'all didn't listen to the end. I wanted y'all to be excited for that shit. Monday, May 2nd, Talking Sex With My Ex. You can actually follow that Instagram right now. That Instagram is already live. We haven't started posting on it yet, but it already exists. It's at Talking With My Ex. Just at Talking With My Ex. Because Instagram be on some fuck shit. And if you say sex in your thing, then they be all hyper watching your shit. And they be trying to ban your accounts like you out here pushing pee. Like we not selling pussy out here, bro. Relax. But one thing I want y'all to listen for. If you listen to the episode, if you if you a subscriber and you listen to the episode that me and her did, the bonus episode that's about to come out with me and her about Will and Jada, listen towards the end. 
when I say something about when Will was dropping bangers. I was very specifically talking about Will Smith's movies. I just I want y'all to just listen to Dominique's reaction. It just because it gives you like it's gonna make. I I really like moments where you get to kind of like see somebody for like a, like a softer side of them or like a goofier side of them or whatever. But if you pay close enough attention for the like minute and a half after that, you will learn something about Dominique that is hilarious. So. Hopefully uh, y'all check that out. And if you hear that shit, leave a, it'll be comments Oh, on every episode from now on. It'll be comments. If you notice what it is that I'm talking about, what it is that she said that she loves that we do not love. Then y'all drop in with the comments to that. And if y'all agree with her too, then y'all jump in with that. But uh, we're going to do one more break. And for those of you who fucking with it, we're going to do a quick temptation Island recap before we get out. <laughs> all right for those of y'all who watching temptation island with your boy for season four i think it is now um season four season three whatever i said this before the break and y'all have to let me know this season is not it's not doing it for me in the same way the other seasons did. The other seasons just, they were a little bit more alive to me. I don't know. This one is just, it's just okay. It's not terrible. I'm going to watch the next episode. I'm not giving up on it yet. I guess it's still early, but maybe last season got a nigga too hype over what could be because motherfuckers was just going left so quick. But whatever. We're we going to do the recap or whatever. It's not completely worthless. Uh, the show this episode starts off with the ending of the with the rest of the bonfire or whatever and uh, you get LaSalle's and Ashley and uh, they show LaSalle's the video of Ashley uh, talking to the white boy like you know I never had a connection like this I'm just wondering why we feel this way about each other and the white boy's like yeah you know I feel like I had a dream about you blah 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 which I had an idea they was gonna show, show LaSalle's that one but uh, it's just funny because if you watched the whole episode last episode, you know by the end of their date, she was like, I'm not fucking with this nigga at all. And that's, if if this is your first time watching the show, that's kind of like uh, a hitch to it where the producers really be fucking with them, where it don't be shit going on and they really play it like, oh yeah, you know, whatever. But LaSalle's don't really trip too hard if you pay attention. He's kind of like, well, you know, I kind of want her to find whatever, whatever, whatever. And the vibe that I'm uh, kind of starting to get a little bit from LaSalle's is that I think I was calling that nigga LaSalle's, but that's not his name. It's just LaSalle's. But, um, but the vibe I'm getting from him is that he kind of just with her because they've been together so long. I feel like he the one who kind of want to move on a little bit, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, my prediction was still that him and Ashley leave together. Um, so, you know, LaSalle's don't really trip too hard, whatever. Then they show Hanya the video I Ash getting drunk, talking about, you know, he the one who want to open relationship. You know, why should I worry about him? Then laid up in the bed with the other nigga. And still, like I said, there is always a girl on the show who I don't like. She's still the girl. I don't like her. I don't like her. And the only reason why I don't like her is because I feel like 
I'm not even gonna cap. I don't dislike her as much as I did the girl on the last season. I still kind of don't like her because I still feel like she's like. She want to do what she want to do, but she want to make it Hanya fault that she doing it. Just, just own that shit. Just be like, he's not the one for me. He want to do all this. And she's on some, oh, you think you want an open relationship? Let me show you what an open relationship look like. I don't know. I don't know what she's on, but her vibe is just so weird to me and I don't care for her. But before they even show Hanya the videos, Mark's like, Hanya, we're going to get through this together. I'm like, oh, bro, when the host starts telling you, like, hey, we're a family, we're going to get through this together, he already knows the clip. He's like, oh, I hope you don't get crushed by this. But what I will say is this. That nigga surprised the fuck out of me with his reaction to it because his reaction was on some, I don't think I've been clear enough with her about what I want. Blah, 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 blah. I had said that Hanya was going to be the household. And that uh, Edgar was going to be the one to leave. How heartbroken. I don't know if Hanya's going to be the hoe. Hanya seemed a little, a little, he felt the way about what he was seeing. And he didn't go back. You watch the rest of the episode. You don't really see a lot of Hanya at all. He's not really going too hard like that. So maybe... You know, I don't know. Maybe I was wrong on that. So he sees her laid up in the bed with old boy with the pillow wall and whatever, whatever. And, you know, it is what it is. You know, he's he's kind of in his feelings about it, but whatever. So then they go to the women's bonfire. They show Jillian sees the clip of Edgar sitting there talking to the girl, talking about, you know, it just feels like she's dragging me along. And he he's just kind of like expressing to the girl that he feels like he's in it with her, but she's not in it with him. And then she pretty much responds with, he's low-key right. She's like, I feel like I'm young, and I don't know if I've experienced enough other things, and he cheated on me, and I don't think I've ever forgiven him, and all that other stuff. And and. As a nigga who thought Jillian was go out, gonna go out here and be bopping it and be the household. Excuse me. And be the one out here giving the pussy up off the rip. I absolutely said it was gonna be her. It appears that I was wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, it appears that I was wrong. She's not immediately being that. She looked like she kind of considering what she, you know, she she playing it a little bit farther back than I thought. But and she also kind of has a solid point. I feel like, you know, all those are valid things for her to say in truth. And if she still feels like that, then maybe she does need to reconsider their relationship. Am I going to lie? I was really not fucking with Jillian at the beginning. I still don't like her, but. And when I say I don't like her, I mean, like, you know how there's some, you watch a show and there's some people you gravitate towards. You're like, oh, I fuck with her. Or I fuck with them. I did She's just like, you know, whatever. But maybe she's not the household. I mean, maybe it's going to be. And, okay, we're, we're, we're getting ahead. So then Ashley and Ashley sees. No, oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm getting ahead. So then it's uh, Iris gets to see Luke, gets to see Luke's video. And basically what she sees is the girls licking chocolate off of Luke. Uh, because, you know, like I told y'all, the producers be knowing what they're doing, bro. They're going to put the man in a position where even if they don't really do nothing, 
they're going to be doing something that like if they girl want to be in their feelings about it, it could be that way. Uh, I mean, I'm saying if they girl want to be in their feelings about it, like shit, if I was watching a nigga lip whipped cream off my bitch, I feel away. So I'm not, you know, I'm not making them fault them or nothing, but whatever. Um, but then Iris is like, I expect it worse. I thought it would be worse. And I feel like he's going to feel worse seeing me truly connect with somebody than I felt watching some girl lick chocolate off this nigga. And that's crazy to be sorry, y'all. It is uh, 2 o'clock in the morning, and I have already recorded other podcasts. Um, shit is crazy. Um, but anyway. Uh, I, uh, oh, yeah. She's like, whatever. Then moving on to Ashley and LaSalle's. They show her the video of him talking to Trace, talking about, you know, you're really what I need and da 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 da, like really connecting with Trace. And Ashley is like visibly shaken by that. You can see that the way, the difference, I will say that it is notice, notable for a nigga who predicted they would leave the island together. The difference in how LaSalle's reacted to seeing her say that she had was potentially having a connection with somebody. Versus how she reacted when she saw the same thing with him. Now, I will say this. I do believe that if that first scene was not with that uh, fucking stony ass white boy, LaSalle's feels differently. But I just feel like he was so far away from what Ashley fucks with that he was just so unthreatened. I don't know that that really speaks to how he feels about Ashley developing connections with other people. But I'm like, he knows she not fucking that white boy. He was like, bet. I hope she stay talking to you, nigga. Versus he picks a woman who basically her. Like she said it in the, at the reunion. Like, oh, so you pick my twin. So you see how Ashley is going to feel way more hurt by what LaSalle's is on than LaSalle's is for what Ashley is doing. It just doesn't, it would just make sense to be that way. Um, she was saying that um, she feels hurt because she feels like she always puts others before herself. That I do feel like was one small in indicator that she was going to attempt to kind of like not focus on her relationship with herself so much. But in that moment, when she saw that first bonfire, I was like, oh, Unless I'm changing my prediction, obviously, I will, maybe not changing it, but slightly alternate. Unless LaSalle's decides to do something different, Ashley leaving that motherfucker with LaSalle's. Obviously, that could change. But as of right now, where what I'm seeing, as long as LaSalle's don't fuck nobody else on that island, if he want to leave with Ashley, he leaving with Ashley. She don't want to leave with nobody else. Um. So then you get Hanya and Ash. Or they, you get Ash, they show Hanya. They show Ash Hanya's video. And they, of course, they show the Hanya, oh, you know me, I'm out of sight, out of mind. Da, 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 da. Goofy nigga. I, one thing I will say about this, the niggas on Temptation Island do not be realizing in the moment, like, they're going to clip this up and show my girl and she's going to react to this. Like, she's going to do something differently because of what she sees, more likely than not. So 
she sees him. Oh, I'm out of sight, got her mind. Da, 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 da. Then they show them going in the shower or whatever. And then the producers is real slick how they also show LaSalle's jumping in the shower with Hanya and all the bitches at the end. This ain't LaSalle's scene. He only supposed to get 30 seconds. Y'all trying to double down on my nigga to get him in bigger trouble with Ashley. I see with your goofy asses trying to make shit slick. So, uh, Ash is on some like, you know, I'm not surprised. She's the one who wanted an open relationship. That's never something that I was really into. Then she's even like, you know, I was open to having other partners if I was there, but not when we were, when we weren't together, da, 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 which opened me up to what I believe to be something so true about Ash and Hanya. Ash's issue with Hanya is Ash is a freak freak, y'all. Y'all, Ash is letting that nigga do whatever he want to her. She nasty, nasty. You know that Boosie's, I like him nasty, nasty. I like him nasty, real nasty, yeah. That's Ash. She's nasty, nasty. And the fact that that nigga want to fuck up the bitches, I think that that bothers her because she's like, bruh, whatever, fine. It ain't nothing I could possibly do to keep you. If this ain't enough for you, then nothing will ever be enough for you type shit i think that's really how she feels but whatever she's like i'm not surprised and it's just like showing me why i should be more focused on myself and why i should just you know open up to this experience more basically whatever just like yeah i'm i'm, I'm i don't give a fuck so i'm like the question you got to ask yourself is ash out of pocket because to me it seems like first of all she still hasn't done nothing but kiss my dude even even throughout the episode, like it's no reason to like talk like I'm gonna spoil it. Like if you listen to this, you heard the whole thing. She doesn't do anything but kiss homie still. They they knock down that pillow wall, but the video appears that like she's under the covers and he's like, you know, just cuddling with her over the covers. And and what I will tell you about Temptation Island producers, if at any moment them covers got moved, we would have seen it. Point blank period. We would have known already. There's no way they wouldn't have shown her. So they don't fuck yet still. She still hasn't done nothing but kiss this nigga. And then when she goes back to the house, she actually asks another nigga out for the date. Not that I'm getting too far ahead. So like, it's almost like she's doing this like, oh, I'm outwardly on my like hoe shit, but I'm still like not crossing the boundary. Like she, she taught, it's like she want to look tough, but she not really jumping over that. Do you know what I'm saying? So whatever. They leave the bonfires and then they go back to the houses. After the bonfires, there's always another party because that's what they do. The singles is like, oh, hell yeah, you might have seen your bitch fucking somebody else. Well, you want to fuck me now? And the niggas is like, oh, what's that nigga doing? You deserve better. They ready to get their dirty Mac on every single time. My party theory persists once again. The girls, what do they do? Flag football game. The men, what do they do? Body paint party. We're going to paint your bodies and y'all going to paint our bodies because the girls always, because the women control the house. And even, even if you, the, the whipped cream came out at the girls party, Tyler put the whipped cream on Ash, the nigga who she'd already been laid up with. And he licked the whipped cream off of her. And that's all the action that really occurs between any of the men and the women at, uh, at the pool party. But what I will tell you is hella interesting. And what I'm like, Ooh, will this be a theme? Did y'all notice that Ashley was giving Iris more play than any of the niggas? 
Ashley was kissing and feeling on Iris the whole time. I'm like, is Ashley going to, are they going to smash? Are we about to get our first, uh, are we about to get our first, uh, uh, girl on girl experience between the the couples because the singles the the single girls in the house the last season they was already like it ain't enough dick here to share so that's that's already happened but on this season I'm like the the two girls who got niggas is they gonna take it a little now you know I was watching them kisses you know what I'm saying them kisses wasn't too you know them mouths wasn't open too wide they wasn't like just tonguing each other down like that I feel like they was really almost doing it more so on some like oh we drunk let's let the niggas see but also, maybe they just never really fuck with girls before and they just kind of like feeling it out. I'm curious if that becomes a storyline. Um, LaSalle said something else uh, at some point in this episode two that stood out to me. I don't have a lot more on this episode, y'all, but LaSalle said something else in this episode that stood out to me. He was talking to one of the girls and he was saying... Or no, he was talking to, in the confession, he says, uh, I don't know if uh, I want to keep what I have or keep what I have or going for what I want. That was really interesting wording to me. Keep what I have or go for what I want. Like, damn, do you not want what you have no more? And that's why I said what I said earlier about feeling like maybe LaSalle's is kind of over Ashley. Like he's, we've been together seven years, but maybe I want something different. And I'm just afraid to make that move. That's kind of the vibe I'm starting to get off of him a little bit. Um, what else? I got a, I got Iris taking a step back from George, uh, the black dude who she was kind of fucking with. She was basically saying that she said some real ass shit. She said the smartest shit I think almost anyone on this fucking show has ever said. Um. Sorry, y'all. I had to. I had to make sure that um, my phone wasn't about to start. I'm looking at my notes. My phone was about to start this fucking automatic update. Um, but she was talking about how she's always went from one relationship to another. She's never really been single. She's never really been by herself. And I think that that's actually kind of dope. I heard her understand that and. It also, unless something changes, makes it look like my prediction that she's the one who gets played. Because I, because th- there's always a girl on the island who has a nigga who's like, oh, I'm in love with you, blah, blah, blah. And then she falls for it. I thought that was going to be Iris. It's looking like maybe I was wrong. Like maybe she leaves the island alone. I don't think she leaves the island with, with Luke, though. Um, I really don't. He says some shit this episode about like having tons of family drama, like mental health issues with his family and having to be the the strong one for his family and the rock for his family and I'm not I'm absolutely not saying that he's lying about that I don't think he is uh I just don't know that I don't know that if you have something that's that larger part of your life and you're not telling your girl about it that like y'all are really for each other you need somebody who you can lean on and you clearly don't feel like you can lean on her so like I feel like that's how she feels so she may be kind of like it's not really for us um
The last thing was Trace. I mentioned to y'all, Trace, the girl that LaSalle was talking to, I mentioned to y'all that I thought she was annoying and that she was like not understanding the point of the show. It's, they've been there like three, four days and she's legit like, I feel like you're making me look stupid because are you just talking to me or are you trying to talk to the other girls? And she's trying to monopolize his time as though they supposed to get together and be the only two that they talk to, talk to each other only for the whole time on the island. Like, bitch, you are one of 15 single women who came here to date a nigga who got a bitch. Like, what are you talking about? You in rotation. You asked, can I be in the rotation? You was like, I want to be one of the hoes. Period. They was like, Temptation Island should be like, we have four, we have four couples. We're going to put four men on the island and we're going to bring in 15 of the hoes. Because that's what it is. It's the hoes. We done found, we done found the hoes. And then the niggas like go back and they decide whether or not they want to fuck with you or not. But like, you know, so you think that they on his day on whole Island, he's supposed to be like, oh, you. And then just stick with you the whole time. That's not what no nigga going to do, bro. That's not even what the show is about. And the fact that she was expecting that and feeling disrespected because he didn't do that. And they ain't even been on two days together. Like... Trace need to chill. And then on the second day, she started talking about it. And my nigga LaSalle's finally stood up for herself and was like, well, maybe we don't want the same shit. Maybe we should whatever. And I fuck with that. Like, he was like, this is the way I'm going to play my time on the island. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't mean no hard feelings by it, but damn, shawty. So, whatever. But y'all, this might be the longest episode of FTS to date. Um, I got shit to do tomorrow, man. It's two o'clock in the fucking morning. I ain't ate no dinner. This is technically the third podcast episode I have recorded today. So as much as I love y'all, I don't even have much of an outro for you. Follow the fucking social media. Subscribe for the four ninety nine if you haven't already. Peep this week is gonna be heavy on the content. So check out everything. I love y'all. Thank you for the support. I'll see y'all next time. Peace. up the respect came through the wire fresh out the fire my mind check leaning and rocking feel it yourself it's high tech moving pieces all on the board my nigga trying to see billion mm. my gift to gab honest escape trials and tribulations fighting your honor shark in the water grabbing for paper like i'm nirvana code of honor that i follow my nigga is worth billion huh Homie, fuck your greasy granny them. He been slapping shit so long, they gotta come and Grammy him. He so fly, he walk on stars, solar systems carry him. Bank account status when they marry him. Billion. Uh, make sure you say it two times. Dre, Dre, nigga. Make sure you say it two times. <laughs> Trying to see the salad with the croutons. Laying the foes down like futons for the... Billion. Yeah, man, you not tuning in. Fuck this shit podcast. And billions 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 and